Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And it is time for another edition of Female First, which means we are once again joined by the wonderful, wondrous Eves. Welcome, Eves. Hi, I'm excited to be here, as I am every time. <laughs> yes, and this is kind of a special experimental thing we're doing today, because uh, Sminty may or may not be uh, dipping our toes into TikTok. Maybe. I know. I know. (laughs) The horror. Uh, So we are kind of unexpectedly recording this, (laughs) like uh, video-wise. I will say when we say tiptoeing into TikTok, we're being told by (laughs) our Gen Zer. Get researcher that we need to we need to get into the we need to get into the social medias and so they will be controlling this aspect and probably hopefully making best. us look better yeah, exactly yes. uh, yeah but i'm also concerned that the youth as you say eves are like oh no please <laughs> this I is mean, the end of tiktok i have seen on tiktok they're like please if you're over 30 stop it <laughs> Well, here we go. Like the Gen Zers are like, this is ours. And I'm like, oh, but I I like watching doc videos and such. (laughs) I think, you know, we can be sort of quarantined to a certain area of TikTok. I think that's okay. Oh, yeah, that's Um, true. They do have very specific algorithms. So for those who are (laughs) over 30. Wait a second. Can we stop to address the fact that Annie wants to go into another type of quarantine? Why would you... (laughs) 
Why did you do that to us? Now you're putting us into a virtual box. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that to you, Eves, our very valued guest. <laughs> this oh, is a poor start to our TikTok career. We must be integrated into the mainstream. <laughs> that sounds like something somebody would say in a dystopia. Oh, it is dystopian. Have you not seen the news? It is. Well, oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> yes. And we were just talking about nightmares we've had. Um, so a lot of, I, I would say, stress is being felt <laughs> by a lot of people. Uh, but, uh, you know, this story that you bought today is equal parts inspiring and heartbreaking. And I'm so, again, I'm like stunned I didn't know about this. So I'm really, really eager to talk about it. Who did you bring for us today, Eves? So today we're talking about Alice Ball. She was the first Black American to graduate from the University of Hawaii. She was also the first woman to graduate from the University of Hawaii with a master's degree in chemistry. She was also the first Black American female chemistry instructor at the university and the first Black American woman to be published twice in the Journal of the American Chemical Society. And that was in 1914 and in 1917. So she did all that work. And she was uh, early on in the research for leprosy, which is something that has existed for a long time, which we'll talk about also called Hansen's disease. But she was instrumental in developing the first effective treatment against leprosy, which is tied to something that people around the world were using in a medicinal way long before Alice Ball was ever born. But she was instrumental in doing some of the lab work that was in, uh, like key to bringing it to a point where people were able to use it as an injectable in treatment of Hansen's disease. Yeah. Uh, and those are quite a lot of firsts, and she did it in such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We often, I feel like we often say on here, wow, they were so young. They did so right. much in such a short period of time. And mm -hmm. it's true. It is true with her. She unfortunately lived a short life, but accomplished a lot during it. Yes, yes. So uh, why don't we get into it? Let's do it. So she was born Alice Augusta Ball on July 24th, 1892 in Seattle. Her grandfather was a photographer in the 19th century, and her father's name was James Presley Ball. And he was a newspaper editor, a lawyer, and he was also a photographer. So it's been said by some historians in the course of her story that the chemicals they use in their photography, because they were working with daguerreotypes and things like that, that that may may have had some sort of influence on the work that she did as a chemist. But her mother was named Laura Louise Ball, and she, Alice herself, was the third of four children. Her older brothers were William and Robert, and her younger sister was named Addie. And her family was relatively well off. They were around middle class to upper middle class, and they lived in Seattle until 1902. But her grandfather was dealing with arthritis, so the family then moved to Hawaii in hopes that the better climate would help out with his health. They lived in downtown Honolulu when they went to Hawaii, and Alice went to school at a place called Central Grammar from 1902 to 1904. But around that time, her father died, and then the family moved back to Seattle, and she went to Seattle High School, and she graduated in 1910. She did really well in school, and particularly in her science classes. So it makes sense that she moved on to continue to work in science. 
She then attended the University of Washington, where she got two Bachelor of Science degrees. She got one in pharmaceutical chemistry in 1912, and she got another one in pharmacy in 1914. So these are things that were not super common happening back then in terms of women and specifically Black women and the academic sciences and getting their master's degrees and moving into fields as professors as well in the sciences was something that that was not common at the time. She published an article with her pharmacy teacher in the Journal of the American Chemical Society called Benzoylations and Ether Solution. And she chose to get her master's degree from the College of Hawaii. And it was at that point she graduated. That happened in June of 1915. Her thesis at the time was called The Chemical Constituents of Piper Methysticum, The Chemical Constituents of the Active Principle of Ava Root, also known as Kava Root. She studied that plant to see how it could be injected as a treatment for medical condition, which ties into her later work. Upon graduating from the College of Hawaii, she became the first woman and the first Black person to graduate from the school with a master's degree. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer... Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. 
I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So from 1915 to 1916, she also taught chemistry at the college, and she became the first Black woman professor in the chemistry department. And while she was teaching at this school, a man named Dr. Harry T. Holman asked her to research how to make Chalmugra oil better at treating people with Hansen's disease, which was like I mentioned earlier, also known as leprosy. So Holman was an assistant surgeon at a hospital in Hawaii called Kalihi, and he worked with patients with Hansen's disease. And so there's a long history of leprosy and how it was treated across the world over many centuries, but also in the U.S. and Hawaii has its own specific history of leprosy. I'm sure a lot of people have heard the terminology leper colonies, a place that people who had leprosy were directed to. And of course, there's also a lot of stigma around the actual condition of leprosy. And because of that, there's also stigma around the word of leprosy, that when people hear leprosy, they may associate it with certain things if they're not, they don't have a a deep or even a surface understanding of how leprosy actually affects people. It causes discoloration of the skin, It causes ulcers, muscle weakness or paralysis, and even things like eye issues that may lead to blindness and other symptoms that are related to the skin and to nerve damage. And the bacteria that caused the disease were identified in 1873 by a Norwegian physician. But like I said, by that point, the condition had been around for a really long time. There's evidence that it's existed for thousands of years. And in the United States in the 20th century, One way that doctors commonly tried to handle leprosy patients was by isolating them. It's just like, well, we think they're really contagious and we don't really know what to do with them. But if they're really contagious and it spreads easily, we don't want everybody else to have it. So we're going to just contain them to a specific area um, based on the limited knowledge and also all of the stereotypes that were happening around people who had Hansen's disease at the time. So they were sent to leprosy hospitals and to so-called leper colonies. And as what often happens too, of course, there are many other demographic and sociological issues tied up into the way that people were treated and isolated. So a lot of people who were in Hawaii, of course, most of those people who were sent to this 
communities of people who had leprosy were native Hawaiians. But there were other ethnicities who were there as well. And of course, Hawaii is very isolated. And that made it the quote unquote perfect place to isolate people who had leprosy. But anyway, one of these kinds of communities existed in Hawaii called Kalaupapa. And people with advanced cases of the disease were often forcibly transferred there and they lived in exile, basically, and often for their entire lives. The the stigma existed around leprosy because of all the biases that people had, the ignorance about how the disease worked, how the condition affected people physically because it did have physical effects, these things that people saw and viewed people in in a different way morally because of it. They didn't understand how it spread. They thought it was really contagious, which is not that contagious, definitely not as contagious as people thought it was back then. They considered them unclean, morally inferior, or less lesser than from a social status standpoint. So all of these things were wrapped up into why people were isolated who had Hansen's disease, which at the time, um, but people had this all over the world. So it wasn't just happening in Hawaii. And that wasn't the case over all the time, even though it did migrate from Europe and Asia over to the Americas. It didn't always exist in the Americas. But isolation wasn't the only way that doctors treated Hansen's. Um, for a while, like I said earlier, people around the world did use chalmugra oil from the chalmugra tree. People in India and China were using this medicinally. And... It was used to treat Hansen's as well as other skin conditions. And so some of these trees at a point were planted in Hawaii. But doctors in the U.S. were having trouble treating it effectively with that oil. The oral doses were nauseating and injecting it could be painful and it could cause skin abscesses. So therein... There is a problem that needs a solution that people realize, hey, this Chalmugra oil has been used for many, many years in other societies. So they already clearly have medicinal knowledge of how it's used for this condition, but it could be improved upon. And so that's where Holman comes in. And then that's where Alice Ball comes in as well. So basically at that point, Ball was doing double duty. She was doing all of her teaching work during the day. And on the side, she was working on making this Chalmugra water-soluble and able to be injected into patients who had leprosy. And Arthur L. Dean, who was then a chemistry professor, helped her with this work. And she ended up being successful at creating that injectable that was made with the active components of the oil, She used freezing the oil to help her make that injectable. And then after that, many people were released from isolation in the wake of that discovery. But unfortunately, Alice Ball did die very young in 1916. She It was reported that she inhaled chlorine gas in one of the classes that she was teaching, but her death certificate also said tuberculosis. So there is some debate over how Alice Ball actually died. She got sick um, and couldn't publish her findings, so she didn't publish her findings before she passed away. She had went back to Seattle from Hawaii in October of 1916 and died in December 31st of that year. And she was only 24 years old. And Dean 
Arthur Dean, he did continue her work after she died, but he didn't credit her for her work in this publication. And herein lies one of those stories that feels like it's apocryphal or like some sort of odd, terrible archetype of things happening in history where it's like the man takes credit for everything that the woman did. But that is what happened in this case. The method became known as the Dean method, which is like throwing salt on the wound. And a bunch of treatment was, of the treatment was produced and used around the world. It had a bunch of potential and people were really hopeful that it would make a big difference. But, and, and then there were no Hansen's, patients who had Hansen's disease who were sent to Kalaupapa between 1919 and 1923. And the injection was used to treat people for years. But by the end of the 1920s, people realized that the treatment wouldn't be a complete cure or help to completely set Kalaupapa down, shut it down. Chalmuga oil was replaced by treatments that were more effective Um, medications by the time of the 1940s and beyond. So in a work that Arthur Dean published in 1922, he mentioned Ball's work in researching the treatment. So he rolled it back and he was like, no, you know, Alice Ball was the one who did this work. You know, she was a pioneer in this research that was done in order to create this treatment that helped people. And here's a quote from that publication. He said, Quote, about the time that Rogers and Ghosh were starting their investigations in India and in Hawaii, I interested Miss Alice Ball, MS, an instructress in chemistry at the College of Hawaii in the chemical problem of obtaining for me the active agents in the oil of Chalmrugra. After a great amount of experimental work, Miss Ball solved the problem for me by making the ethyl esters of the fatty acids found in Chalmrugra oil, employing the technique herewith described. And he goes on and he proceeds to describe what he calls Ball's method. So re-attribution is happening there. (laughs) So there were people who came across her work, Catherine Takar, I think it is, and Stanley Ali, who came across her work in records in the 1970s. And it was a long time. It was a long time when her work, just the fact that she had done it and that, you know, Dean did re-attribute the work to her But that didn't really, people still didn't really know about it. You know, it was still Dean's method. He was the one who had helped get this treatment out to everybody. And Ball's contributions weren't specifically and deeply known. So they brought that back to light. And over time, over the most, the past few decades, her work has been more recognized. In 2007, the University of Hawaii gave her the Regents Medal of Distinction. And back in 2000, Hawaii did proclaim February 29th to be Alice Ball Day, but of course, that is a day that only occurs on leap years. So because it only happens every four years, the governor of Hawaii went ahead and said, okay, February 28th, 2022, just this year, he said that that was Alice Augusta Ball Day. And in terms of leprosy overall, many more advancements have been made since Alice Ball did her work. People with Hansen's disease do have a cure that is available to them now, and it's largely treated with antibiotics. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part time, or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, 
a military-trained seduction spy, reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's the story of Alice Ball. Is She did a lot in her 24 years, and she accrued a lot of firsts as well. And I'm just, I'm really happy that her work is being recognized now because it is one of those cases of somebody else not only taking credit for her work, but doing it in a very, in a very deep way where it's like, no, this, this is in my name. The actual method is in my name and that it was able to be reattributed to her is, is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad about that too, but it is kind of like he did it when it was too late. Like everybody knows it as this now and mm-hmm. um it was sort of when all these other developments were happening. <laughs> so uh, I am very glad it happened. Also, I've never heard the word instructress before. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. that was a new one for me. But yeah, I wish it's so tragic that she died so young and she'd already done so much, so who knows how much more she could have accomplished and she had such an impact and I yeah it was a story I had never heard of I really didn't know much about leprosy to be honest um yeah so I'm so again I'm so happy that you bought this to our attention I'm happy she's getting the recognition she deserves I'm very sad she didn't get it in her life or earlier. Right. There's a lot. Like, when you look at the context of when this occurred, there's so many things to unpack. Because um, even today, we know that when it comes to women, and especially marginalized women, especially Black women in STEM or STEAM, is rare still. Like, to the fact that people are still questioning, you know, women being doctors, a Black woman being a doctor, or, be, you know, anything in the science field, engineering field. So it's lovely to see that she broke down these walls so early on. It's awful to think that she didn't get that credit until, what, late 90s slash uh, early 2000s and looking at finally Hawaii, like, yeah, she definitely did these things. But also, like, we understand it was in the late uh, 1800s, early 1900s, it had been in the process of being colonized the entire time, and there was there was battles happening uh, for that land and that resources, even to the point that today people don't recognize or don't even know the history of Hawaii. Like, I, it took me to the last five years to understand, oh, oh yeah, they really were, <laughs> really were, like, colonized and taken advantage of and still are to this day, kind of same with Puerto Rico, whole different episode. But these conversations of like how this laid out and then having this deep history trying to unearth and remember some of the amazing things that did occur uh, at the same time, as well as the fact, again, yes, that she was a young Black woman coming into a field, being an instructor, which again, amazes me. And it's like, wow, I wonder... Again, like the battles that she had to go through. Again, you you had said that she came from a pretty well 
to do. Is that the word I want to say? Relatively well to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Family. I'm like, how do I say this? Um, but still, you know there were challenges. You know there were so many uphill battles for her and her family. Um, and the fact that she was an instructor and was able to instruct other uh, people in this field is phenomenal. And, I, and maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion in that I really wish it didn't have to be a big deal. But of course, like I said, even today, it's still kind of a big deal, like seeking people who are able to uh, continue in this field and to uh, thrive in this field is difficult because of all the obstacles that are placed in front of uh, marginalized people in general. So her story is beyond amazing. And even if she hadn't done this method, which she did, which is an amazing feat, and she should be credited for that work, the things that she had already done is an accomplishment in itself, again, and it for me as a person who has no understanding of science hardly at all and then like the things I know of leprosy comes from like biblical t- teachings which pretty much cement <laughs> unclean that's what we know sure, that yeah, is that's a lot of people's experience right. I'm sure Samantha <laughs> I'm smart it's fine um but like all of these things come into play that you're like wow this this information this story there's so many folds to this that in her young life there again as you said there's so many firsts that she should have been accredited with that we should be talking about and how amazing this individual and I I hope her support system so it seems we're able to get her to this place for her to work and fight for this place again kind of diminished by the fact that people try to take credit for her work of course Um, but at least we are finally hearing about it like there's so many things to this that I'm like fascinated really want to dig deep into like who was this woman and how did she get there so I'm done now (laughs) (laughs) microphone down (laughs) (laughs) there's just it's my my uh scattered mind thinking about all these processes of like how wow where did she come from how did this go why haven't we talked about this more why aren't we talking about this more again I would have had no idea had you not brought this to us Eve like this woman would not have been familiar to me at all. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of those things where you wonder if she, would she have even ended up doing this work if she didn't end up in Hawaii serendipitously? Like, of course, it was for an unfortunate reason that she did end up going to Hawaii for the illness um, in her family. But because she ended up there, she ended up there in proximity to a challenge that was happening on the island at the time, which is that these people were in isolation and she was there to help come up with treatment for them. So it's one of those things where it's like, clearly she ended up there for a reason. She was able to help in the work that she was doing there in the short amount of time that she did have on this earth. Yeah. Yeah, um, and sometimes with these, I get a little, you know, almost scared of like, what if, what if this guy had never said she didn't do this, and people don't do the research, and then they don't know. But I, I'm always mm-hmm. hopeful when you come on, Eve, because you're like, no, people are doing <laughs> this research; these people won't be forgotten. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you for for bringing these people to us and these amazing stories to us. Yeah, I'm happy to thank you. Like, thank goodness for all these people who are doing niche mm-hmm. things, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, so much yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are so many moments when you talk about this one person discovered this one name and then they went down mm-hmm. this rabbit hole and dis- discovered this whole new mm-hmm. aspect of this that I'm like, oh my God, it literally was like a detail that they got mm-hmm. and they just like, mm, this looks important. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You have to be committed to the idea of something to believe and something that maybe has never been combined in certain ways before that other people would may never think to work on. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really admirable in some of these people's stories too. So to those people yes. who continue to dig deep, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and that includes you, Eves. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And if yes. people call you weird, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Because people probably will call you weird for doing some of these things, but just know that greatness is in the future for you. <laughs> Love that. We would never, because we really, really appreciate all of you. Yes. Well, thanks as always, Eve, for coming on. Um, where can the good listeners find you? You can find me on many, many other episodes of Stuff Mom Never Told You, doing other female firsts in history about other amazing women who had innovations breakthroughs, and first. You can also find me on a line on Instagram at not apologizing. You can also find me on Twitter at Eves Jeffcoat. And if all else fails, just go to evesjeffcoat.com. That's Y-V-E-S-J-E-F-F-C-O-A-T.com. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Samantha and I were just talking about the stress of spelling things on podcasts. I don't know why it's, it's so, so stressful, stressful, but it, it is. is. I'm like, nope, not going to do it because I'm going to mess it up. It's somehow. like a panic moment. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, go check Eves out, listeners, if you haven't already online. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can. Our email is stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I'm never told you. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. Thanks to you for listening. And also, Eves, thanks for being part of this TikTok experiment. You may or may not see it, listeners. I don't know. <laughs> and thanks we'll to Joey, see. who is ahead thanks of this. Joey. So when they, whenever they start this, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. And we're sorry. Um, Steph, I've never told you it's production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., 
And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.